Merry Christmas. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here, and I want to begin by telling you about a journey and a star. You're probably thinking of the one that led the Magi to baby Jesus, but I'm talking about the one Macaulay Culkin received on Hollywood Boulevard this month for his iconic role in the movie Home Alone. The premise of this Christmas classic is that Kevin McAllister's parents were so overwhelmed getting out the door for their family Christmas trip, juggling tickets and teenagers and the taxi, that they forgot young Kevin at home, alone. You know, frankly, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. I've got 11 kids, so when we travel, I'm constantly counting, constantly nervous that we'll leave one somewhere. Maybe I was scarred by watching that movie too many times. Even if you don't need to travel this year, there's so much happening at Christmas that it can feel a bit overwhelming. It's a mad rush to get everything bought and wrapped or cooked in time for the big day. It's Christmas concerts, cookies, parties, and trees. It's children squealing and grandparents glaring and wrapping paper everywhere. It's pot roasts and pandemonium, or if you prefer, a hot pot and pandemonium. There's a popular song that insists that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. But for a lot of people, like Mama McAllister, Christmas is stressful. And for a lot of people, like Kevin McAllister, at Christmas we can feel very alone. Christmas could be the remedy for that. But the way many of us commemorate Christmas actually makes those problems worse. There's so much happening at Christmas that it's easy to miss what happened at Christmas. Or like the McAllisters, there can be so many decorations and distractions that we overlook what matters most at Christmas. I, I did this for most of my life. My family made a big deal about Christmas. It started with the purchase of a giant tree to fit our cathedral ceiling, and then decorating it would take hours because each ornament represented a family memory. And those old stories were told again as we placed each ornament on the tree. My mom decorated the whole house like a, a Christmas wonderland. And for an entire month, our home was filled with the sweet aromas coming from her oven. My brothers and I would frost literally hundreds of her homemade gingerbread men. And my dad would take us to visit neighbors and friends to deliver her legendary coffee cakes. There was a regular rhythm of Christmas parties we attended each year, where we got to play with our friends and eat endless sweets and take hay rides. On Christmas Eve, we'd go to church where there were candles and wax to play with, and all the churches in town coordinated so that their services ended at the same time, and everyone poured into the town square to sing Christmas carols. That night, our whole family would put on themed pajamas, and, and then Christmas morning, my brothers and I got up before the sun and raced to the presents piled around the tree that had appeared mysteriously while we slept. My parents went over the top to make Christmas amazing. I could bore you for much longer with even more of these treasured memories. But what I don't remember as much about Christmas was Jesus. Yes, he was the baby in the miniature manger scene that was part of our annual decorations, and his name was mentioned in a few of the Christmas songs that played each month, but less often than you might expect. Sometimes there's so much happening at Christmas 
that it's easy to miss what happened at Christmas. And this isn't just a modern problem, because for most people, that's also what happened at the first Christmas. You know, we've been deluded by saccharine Christmas cards into imagining the first Christmas is something simple, spiritual, and serene. But in fact, it was probably even more chaotic and overwhelming than the McAllister's Christmas. And it started with a long trip, too. Christmas travel's already stressful. But Mary was nine months pregnant. And while your kids may complain about being stuck in the backseat of your SUV for hours, she was on the back of a donkey for several days. And just like airports around Christmas, the roads would have been packed with other travelers returning to their hometowns for Caesar's census. And when they finally arrived in Bethlehem, there was no place left to stay. So they got stuck in a barn surrounded by livestock and manure. Gross. And that's the moment this baby suddenly decides to come. No doctors or nurses or mothers to help. Just pushing and crying in a mess they weren't ready for. Mary's head must have been spinning, her body exhausted. And as if that weren't disruption enough, an army of angels appeared to celebrate this barnyard birth and, and share it with local shepherds. I mean, spectacular, overwhelming, confusing. Too much to take in. Silent night? I don't think so. It would have been natural to get distracted by all the angels and animals and strangers, not to mention a new baby, and miss what was actually happening. God was doing something unexpected, remarkable, impossible. The angel declared, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That sounds astounding. But when the angels rushed down to see this Savior, they saw something that looked, uh, I mean, a, a lot like a baby, which is special in its own way. And between that and the harmonies of the heavenly host, it was an extraordinary night. So afterwards, the shepherds shared it with everyone they encountered. They were amazed. What a story. What a night. But then, well, I mean, it was over. Back to the fields, back to the sheep, Back to the bills I have to pay and the boss I can't please. Back to the hustle and bustle of everyday life that consumes our consciousness. A few months later, that special night faded into a distant memory. And that's kind of like what happens to us. We, we spend so much time looking forward to Christmas. The presents and parties, carols and cookies, grandma and gifts under the tree. We ask a million questions. How am I gonna get all this done? Will, will I be ready on time? What should I wear? What should I bring? Who else will be there? And when the time finally arrives, it can be a bit overwhelming. Christmas services, candlelight, Bible stories about angels, and a, a child who brings great joy. Great joy? That would be nice. You know, seasonal affective disorder is real for a lot of us, including me. So joy seems less abundant at this time of year. And what did the angel say about God's favor? Because I definitely don't feel that. I, I feel guilt for all the things I didn't get done, the presents I forgot, people I let down, because there's just too much happening in, in the countdown to Christmas. And, and what did that angel say about peace 
on Earth? <laughs> Man, could we use that? Have you seen what's happening in Bethlehem this year? Maybe for a moment we consider what the angel said. Joy. Favor. Peace. Maybe we start to wonder what this could mean. What this would change. But those questions pass pretty quickly because soon we blow out our candles and the service ends. We, we run off to Christmas dinner with relatives and friends, followed by ripping open presents on Christmas morning and enjoying vacation days until New Year's when we dive back into regular life, returning emails, taking exams, thinking about skiing or waiting for spring break. By mid-January, Christmas can feel like a long time ago. We don't think much about joy to the world or that mysterious baby anymore, until next year when we do this whole thing all over again. That's how many of us experience the Christmas story every year. It's amazing, but it doesn't change anything. We, we have fun, but then we fall right back into life as usual. I suspect that's what the shepherds did. They had a revelation that stirred new hope and, and new questions. But they too quickly forgot about that and went back to life as usual. But Mary did something different. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Treasured up means she valued them enough to hold on to them. Every little fact, every utterance from the angels, every verse of scripture, she was, she was trying to make sense of it all and see how it all fit together. That's what this word pondered tells us. Literally, it means to toss around or throw together, kind of like the, the socks in the dryer all crashing and smashing into each other violently. It's the same word used in Luke 14 to describe kings going to war. That captures the, the turmoil in, in Mary's mind and soul. How can this be? What does this mean? Why me? Instead of just enjoying the commotion of the first Christmas, Mary started asking questions. Hard questions. Good questions. She's not just moving on. Twelve years later, she's still thinking. When tween Jesus went to the temple, where he was teaching the teachers and besting the experts, just like back in Bethlehem, everyone was amazed. But Mary and Joseph were confused. They didn't understand what he was saying to them. She couldn't quite wrap her head around it. A lot of people feel that way about Jesus. He's God and a man. He's a savior, but he died. He could do miracles, but got murdered. He loves me, but still lets me experience pain. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like Mary, some of us can't quite wrap our heads around it. So most folks just give up trying to figure it out and move on to the next questions that come up. You know, what should I do today? How am I gonna pay all these bills? Whom should I marry? Should we have kids? What kind of career do I want? Whom do I prefer for president? But Mary didn't move on so quickly. She kept tossing the ideas around in her mind. She kept collecting the data and paying attention because she knew this mattered. 
the answers to these questions would change everything. So we read again that she treasured all these things in her heart. She still wasn't sure about all of it. By the, by the time that Jesus was an adult, she knew enough to tell others, do whatever he tells you. He was her son, but he was special. He, he was one of us, but he was very different, even if Mary couldn't explain it exactly. And then his ministry began. She heard him preach and make astounding promises. She watched him heal and miraculously feed multitudes. And she pondered all these things in her heart. And years later, she watched him be arrested and falsely accused. She watched him be crucified and die. And beyond the crushing heartbreak that would cause any mom was the contradiction. It didn't make sense. This was the baby the angel claimed would save us all, but he didn't even save himself. He could control the, the wind and the waves with, with a whisper, but when they attacked him, he didn't even try to fight back. What happened? What went wrong? She pondered all these things in her heart. A couple days after he was executed, Mary joined the other women in the traditional burial customs by caring for the corpse of her beloved child. But when they arrived at his tomb, they found the sealed door blown wide open and his body gone. She'd seen him dead and get laid in that tomb. She'd watched it happen. So what happened? While they were wondering about this, Mary's still asking questions, trying to figure all this out, when two angels appeared to spell out what Jesus had done. Risen from the dead, just like he'd promised all along. And then they remembered his words, the Bible says. She remembered what the angels said. She remembered what the shepherds said. She remembered what Jesus had said. She'd been paying attention, storing up all of these things in her heart and pondering them. Finally, it all made sense. Jesus wasn't just godly. He was God. And he wasn't just God. He was also a man. He was God with us. Emmanuel, like the angel had announced at the beginning. He was God who came to save us. Why do I tell you all this today? Because this Christmas, amidst all the parties and presents, I don't want you to miss the main point. A few years ago, our family went on an epic road trip to the Grand Canyon, Bryce Canyon, and Zion National Park. It was incredible. So afterwards, I asked my kids what their favorite part was, and one of the youngest replied, sleeping in the RV. His brother shouted, eating marshmallows. We could do that in any Walmart parking lot. They'd seen some of God's greatest creations, but they were excited about vinyl mattresses and sugar. It made sense at their age, but they missed the point. There was something incredible right in front of them, but they didn't see it. I don't want you to do that this Christmas. I don't want you to miss the point of 
these songs, this story we read every year, the gifts that we're going to enjoy tomorrow, and the feasts we'll share. I don't want you to be momentarily amazed by the beauty and possibility of it all, but then fall right back into normal life, unchanged, unaffected. Our mission here at High Rock is to create Christian communities that inspire compassion and curiosity. We want you to ask questions about yourself, about the world, about God, about purpose and eternity and life and death, about love and hate, and what really matters. Because we'll never find the answers we need if we don't ask the questions. It took two decades of celebrating Christmas before I started asking questions, or should I say, pondering what Christmas might mean. For the questions that I was asking all the time. Does my life matter? Do I matter? Does anything matter? Am I loved? Am I even lovable? Why do I feel so alone sometimes, even surrounded by crowds? There are are so many things I don't know, but what can I know? What could I be sure of? I had so many questions that I usually distracted myself from by keeping busy or, or entertained. But when I finally found the courage to ask those questions and the curiosity to ponder and probe, I was astounded by what I found. Joy, peace, favor, a savior. So if, like the shepherds and even Mary, you're a bit confused by Christmas, instead of rushing back to the distractions of daily life, I invite you to slow down for a moment and ask questions this Christmas, hard questions, life-changing, eternity-shaping questions. Don't settle for cliches or easy answers. So many of us don't feel at home here, in our bodies or our communities. We don't quite fit, and nothing quite satisfies. And so many of us feel alone, like no one really sees us, understands us, or cares. We feel lost, left. Does Christmas have anything to say about that? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what Christmas is all about. Because if what the angels sang was true, if God really cares for us, if God came to us that first Christmas, if God really lived among us and made promises about an eternal home he's preparing for us, if God died to destroy death itself, If God really cares about us, then that little baby we sing about changes everything. Could that be? What would that mean? What would it mean for me? It means that we're not home. There's a reason that you feel that way. Because this is not your home. But you have a home. 
and Heavenly Father who's eager to receive you. And it means that you're not alone. You may feel alone, but at Christmas, we see the God who sees us and comes to be with us. We have a Heavenly Father who understands you and cares. He's invited all of us to take part in his kingdom where life is more than rushing from distraction to distraction. One day, God will bring us home forever. But for now, God helps us find homes away from home by gathering with family. That is what churches are. It's what High Rock is. We create Christian communities that inspire curiosity in a world that is cynical and compassion in a world that can be callous. We create a home away from home where we can enjoy our Father together. Because the God who came to us as Jesus that first Christmas has never left us and never will. So Christmas can be a brief interruption before we get back to daily life. Or Christmas can be a transformation that changes our lives. I don't want you to miss it. So treasure up these things. Ponder them. This is the story of Christmas that makes angels and shepherds and, and sinners and saints throughout the centuries keep on singing because Jesus changes everything.